Welcome to this episode of Kings and Priests. My name is Richard, and my goal is to help you become the man God has called you to be. Not a church man, but a man of God, walking out your purpose, living on mission, and impacting your home and community. So let's get started. Imagine you're standing at the edge of a field surrounded by forest. Out of the wood comes a small herd of wild horses. They're strong, handsome, powerful creatures. You focus on the lead horse. At first glance, he appears to live an idyllic life. But the longer you watch, the more you realize that isn't the case. He lives his whole life eating, fighting, trying to mate. The whole thing is driven by unchecked appetites. He has no purpose, no reason for being. Now picture that same horse. He stands proudly at the head of an army with a rider on his back. He snorts and stamps, eager for battle. Cannon fires, but the horse stands unshaken. With the slightest twitch of the rider's heels, the charger is off, headlong into the fray. The blood and carnage around him don't faze him a bit. He's living his purpose. He's in tune with his rider. The enemy lines are broken. The day is won, and the world has changed. Blessed are the meek. The word meek gets a bad rap in our modern lexicon. It's commonly misconstrued with words like weak, milk toast, cowardice. But when Jesus said blessed are the meek, he wasn't talking about weakness. In fact, the word Jesus used for meek is the same word that the Greeks used to describe a fully trained war horse. It has nothing to do with weakness. It has to do with full and complete submission to a higher power, to a greater authority. For the horse, that higher power is the rider. And for you and I, it's the word of God. At this point, the analogy should be pretty clear, if not a bit on the nose. The unsaved man is, of course, the Mustang in the wild, chasing his appetites, living a life without purpose. The war horse represents a man of God, completely and fully submitted to the lordship of Christ. You see, the war horse is no less powerful, strong, or quick than the wild Mustang out in the field. In fact, he's probably more so because he's lived a life of discipline and purpose under the direction of his rider. And yet we've somehow made this meekness or submission synonymous with weakness. Jesus was described as meek during the triumphal entry, and he was just as meek when he carried his cross up the hill or when he ran the merchants from the temple. His whole life was meek because his whole life was lived in submission to the will of God. When the Apostle Paul traveled the Roman Empire, planting churches, speaking the word, he was meeked under the authority of Christ. But there was no cowardice or weakness to be seen. When King David lost everything and his men spoke of ending his life, God told him to pursue his enemies and overcome them. Operating in meekness or submission to God, He destroyed his foes and restored what was lost. The truth is, godly meekness has nothing to do with being weak. In fact, it is the antidote to weakness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul speaks of his own weakness. He says that God's strength is made perfect in his weakness. In other words, as the Apostle Paul operated in meekness or submission, to the will of God in his life. Despite his perceived weakness, God showed up 
and overcame that weakness in a way that the Apostle Paul never could have done on his own. So now that we've laid the groundwork, where do we go from here? Well, sadly, many churchmen are neither the Mustang running free in the field nor the war horse charging into battle. They're usually more like the bow-backed mayor at the kids' summer camp, ready to submit to anyone who is climbing on their back between now and the eventual trip to the dog food plant. These churchmen have become meeked to far too many riders. They're meek at work for fear of being fired. They're meek in society for fear of being canceled. They're meek to social media, consumerism, and vice. Any weak rider that climbs on their back gets a ride because they're all so meek and don't want to rock the boat. They're meek to wives who don't respect them. They're so meek they won't even stand up to their spoiled children who drive them into the ground. They're meek to every rider except the one who can empower them, who can embolden them, who can take their weaknesses and turn them into strengths. But you can't be meek to a rider whose voice you don't recognize because you spend so little time with him, or because you're carrying so many other riders every day. The truth is, true godly meekness brings boldness. It brings courage. It brings strength. It was meekness towards God that empowered David to slay Goliath when all the others cowered in fear. It was meekness towards God that empowered the three Hebrew children to stand up to the king and not bend the knee to false gods. It was meekness towards God then empowered Stephen to preach a message so powerful it brought Jesus to his feet at the right hand of the Father. Now, in all fairness, he was stoned by the people because of that message. Talk about your cancel culture. Even Esther, a woman, risked her life to be obedient to God and meek to his voice and saved her people. And yet today's churchmen are too afraid of negative comments on social media or hurting somebody's feelings to stand up for the gospel. It's absolutely shameful. Men, it is time for us as men of God to finally be meeked to one voice, the one true God, and walk out that calling with courage, boldness, strength, and power that comes only from him. It is time to buck the other riders that we have submitted to for far too long. It is time to submit to one voice and break the enemy's lines in our lives. Have victory in our homes and in our neighborhoods. Have victory in our churches. It's time that we as men reclaim the masculine virtues that we were born to display, but direct them in submission to God and God alone. I'll leave you with one last thought when it comes to our three types of horses. It's not all just work snorting in battle. Eventually, winter comes and with it comes the trials. The Mustang out in the field, he's on his own. He doesn't always make it through the winter. During the winter, the summer camp closes and that mayor gets sent off to the dog food factory. But not the war horse. When the trials come, the war horse is taken care of by the rider because the war horse has done his part. And now the rider does his part. There's a warm stable. Winter comes and winter goes and the trials with it. And that war horse is now stronger than ever, ready for the next battle.
Thank you for joining me on this episode of Kings and Priests. I hope today's episode challenges you and encourages you to be what God created you to be. If so, like, subscribe, and share this with other men. All the scripture reference used in today's episode can be found below. I encourage you to get into it, read it for yourself, make sure that we're rightly dividing the word of truth, and never take anyone's word for it. After all, it's your relationship with God. Take responsibility for it. My name's Richard, and we'll see you next time.